It is an honor and a privilege and a pleasure to worship with you this morning. We all have our agendas. We got a little uh, time that we wanted to keep. We want to worship. We want to hear the word. We want to worship again. And, and then at the same time, it's like, I don't want to interrupt what the Spirit is doing. So the Holy Spirit is already speaking to us this morning. So in that same attitude, I want to invite you to just to grab a seat. And we're going to keep meditating in what it means to worship. Uh, and to give you a little bit of a context, well, I grew up in Mexico, in Acapulco, really hot, really hot, really warm. Uh, and my parents are ministers. Uh, I grew up in church. I grew up uh, just loving to worship. And... Uh, I remember the, the, the first keyboard my parents bought me. Uh, it was because we visited friend's house and they had this little toy piano. And I just happened to grab it. I was like probably like six years old, five, six years old. And I just started playing with it and started creating melodies with this little keyboard that somebody else had. And my parents thought, it was like, oh, maybe, maybe he could be good at it. So eventually they, they, they got me a little keyboard and uh, just playing melodies. And when, when it came time, I was seven years old, my, my dad hired one of the worship leaders to come to our house and, and teach us music, my, my older sister and I. And started learning chords, major chords, minor chords. And uh, I remember as a kid, I was very impressionable in the sense of I saw how happy it made my parents. It's like, oh, I'm good at this. It's like, wow, and Jonas is so good. It's like, yes. But then it ha something happened in my heart is that I kind of got confused with that feeling to maybe that's what I'm meant to be. That's what I'm meant to just do this. This is, a, this is the one thing that I'm good at. At the same time, I remember really being really, really bad at school. Actually, let me just check my timing. There we go. <laughs> really, really bad at school. I will, nothing evil or mean, just being lazy and not doing homework. Being very creative, always drawing. All my notebooks were full with drawings and no homework. And uh, I kind of survived through elementary, junior, and, and high school. I, I barely made it to junior high. By the time I got high school, not doing the work actually brought consequences which meant I, I got kicked out of high school twice, two different high schools, just because of not doing the work. And at the same time, I was justifying myself, saying, but I'm, I'm meant to do just worship and music. I love music. And I started learning uh, piano and then worshiping, like leading worship at nine years old, and then eventually like 11, teaching myself to play drums and then other instruments. Like, this is, this is, this is my gifting. This is my, this is my jam. And that's all I want to do. So then I thought, this is what God will have me do. I want to serve God. That, that's something I had very clear from when I was a kid. I want to serve God. But then it means that my passion, that, that's what I want to serve him with, with my passion. I'm passionate about this one thing, and I'll do it. And the Lord started using me in worship 
to the point that I was leading worship at conferences and things like that. There was this one time at a, a, a march for Jesus, like the whole city coming together and a big band made out of different musicians from different churches. It's like 10,000 people and we're leading worship and it's awesome. And I'm just feeling like, this is it. This is, this is what I meant to be, like just lead worship and serve the Lord in that way. But the whole time my dad is like, hey, you need to study something. You need to get your academics and, uh, yeah, but that's not what I, I'm not really into that. And uh, eventually I get kicked out of high school, as I said, and I get this invitation to play at a, uh, a youth event. It was a rather large youth event, and I was excited about it. It's like, yeah, I'm going to lead worship. I was already thinking the songs I wanted to do. I was contacting people, like different musicians from other churches, like, you're ready for this? And then my dad says, like, uh, this is the second high school that you get kicked out of, and, uh, and you need to fix that, or I will not let you minister. But, but, but the Lord is using me, and he's opening doors, and this is awesome. I'm, I'm about to do this big conference. He's like, yeah, but you need to study. And uh, if you don't do that, I will speak with the pastor who invited you and tell him that you cannot lead because there's this conflict. But why would you do that, Dad? Don't you see that God is opening a door for me? And I was mad. Like, it's, God, what, what? please, Lord, talk to my dad. Speak some sense into him, Holy Spirit. And, uh, and he spoke to this pastor, believe it or not. And now the shame, right, of him having to say, hey, Jonas, I'm sorry that I already invited you, but, yeah, I talked to your dad, and I think that's, a, that's something that you got to do. Like, you got to pick up the pace on those studies. It's like, man, come on. So I didn't go to school for like six months. Uh, and more than that, actually, I was close to 20 years old. And I was still mad. Like, and, and finishing like one year of high school, 20 years old. And it's like, I ended up going to a youth conference. And, and there was a, a breaking in my heart with the Lord and saying, Lord, this is what I... This, I want to serve you. I want to give you my all. I want to give you my everything. What do you want me to do? I want to serve you with all my heart. And God says, honor your parents. Ah, yes, Lord, but not that. Like, I, I but I want to serve you with the music and with this. And it's like, no, you got to honor your parents. And I had to, to come to that place of, all right, Lord, I'll do it. Came back home. I did an open system, which is called in, in Mexico. They give you the books. You study for two weeks the content of the semester, and you go present a test. If you pass the test, they give you the credit for the class. And then, like, two weeks at a time, finishing one class after another, and I ended up finishing high school in a year, like the two years that I had left for high school in, in, two, in a year. And then after that, I was like, all right, I got to study something. I ended up going for communications. It's like, oh, I like watching TV. I really enjoy that. Let's go for communications. And the Lord saved me from that. I, I, I paid. I was ready to go. It was a Saturday. Uh, Monday, classes started. The president of the, the university called a couple, like three of us. We go in. It's like, so you guys are ready for class, but we don't have enough students to start the communications career this semester. But there's marketing. 
And uh, it's kind of similar. It's kind of this and this and that. It's like, all right, I just want to study something. I just want to fulfill quickly what the Lord told me. Just honor your parents, get it done. And, uh, and I didn't ask my parents for any money. I was like, I, I need to finish this because by the second high school I got kicked out, my dad told me, if you ever want to study, you'll pay. I was like, oh, come on. Well, it's fine. I don't want to study anyway. But now at this point, it's like, oh, now I really want to study. And I didn't have the support. So I just started praying, Lord, you got to provide for me because I, I don't have the resources to do it. Classes were starting that Monday. That Monday morning, I got an interview to go to a kindergarten to teach music. And the Lord only trust me, trusted me enough to the check that I was getting at the end of the month was the payment that I had to give to the school, <laughs> the university. So I got the check. Oh, here it is. It was a little bit of a sacrifice of obedience. I got to do this. I was like, oh, my first check. I was like, oh, here he goes. And every month for also an accelerated program with no summers, no vacation, just three years to finish up the four and a half year degree. And the Lord changed my heart. He did something in me to help me start liking academics. <laughs> but the... The verse that comes to mind as I'm thinking of it is, is the story of Cain and Abel. You know the story. They come to the Lord. They bring an offering. And it says that Abel brought an offering out of the flock, right? Cain brought an offering out of the, the fruit of the ground. And I remember always being conflicted. But later on, God... Uh, in the Old Testament, when Moses establishes the system of worship and everything, it says sacrifices of animals are acceptable and also grain offerings and, and, and fruits. And Why is it that you would not accept the other? As I'm reading the text, uh, verse 3, In the course of time, Cain brought, uh, Cain brought some of the fruit of the soil as an offering to the Lord. In the worship system in the Old Testament, fruits... And animal sacrifice were on the same level of acceptance. The only difference was the socioeconomical status. If you didn't have enough to pay for an animal, you, you gave a grain offering. But both were on the same level. Everybody kind of giving according to what they had. But then why is it that God will not accept one? They brought some fruit of, of the soil as an offering to the Lord. And Abel also brought an offering, fat portions from some of the firstborn of his, uh, of his flock. And there's the first difference, because there was the offering, voluntary offering, grains and animals that were on the same level. But then there's the firstborn, and the equivalent of the firstborn is the first fruit. But Cain doesn't bring the first fruit. It reminded me of myself like oh is there is there homework right now oh well let me i'll just grab this thing and here it is he just grabbed some of the fruit of the of the the, the ground and was like here it is lord oh yeah we got to bring this at every sacrifice here here's some here's some of the fruit and abel is bring all his heart into it and then verse seven when god confronts cain saying why are you downcast you want something, but you don't want to do what I'm asking you to do. I, I, you're not giving your heart. 
You're just giving whatever you found kind of thing and bringing it. Verse 7, if you do what's right, will you not be accepted as well? I was reading this. A better rendering is, will you not have the excellency? It says, which is a true sense of the words referring to the high privileges and authority belonging to the firstborn in patriarchal times. He wanted acceptance. He wanted a status. He wanted the good stuff. But then the Lord says, like, if, if you do this, you, you'll be accepted too. It's like, Lord, I want to give you my all. Honor your parents. Well, no, I, how about music? Have, have you seen that guy from a, a pawn shop TV show? Always kind of down offering someone. It's like, what's the best you can do? It's like, what do you want for that? Well, I, I want uh, your whole life. It's like, well, okay, well, best I can do is some songs on Sundays. Are you, are you okay with that, Jesus? No, I want your whole heart. Well, you know, there's, there's this new song that I want to do. It's like I, I spend a lot of time just learning it. I, I'm offering it to you. It's like, yeah, here's my music tomato, right? My little fruit of the ground. And I was like, oh, look at this. Here, Jesus. It's like, no, I want your whole life. So as we keep meditating, I want to ask you to close your eyes and stay there. And just meditate of what is your sacrifice? What is your offering? What is the offering that the Lord is asking, asking you to bring? Spoiler alert, it's you. You are the offering. Your everything, your desires, your heart, your actions, your attitudes, everything you do to bring it before the altar so that God can do whatever he wants to do, not to bring to him whatever I feel capable of and whatever I feel like I'm good at and whatever I feel like I'm passionate about because the heart is deceitful. What offering is the Lord asking you to bring?
team worship, tag team preaching. This is fun, isn't it? Do you guys bring your Bible? <clears throat> I'm hoping the answer is yes. Sweet. Hebrews 13. Jesus, we love you. You've been so good to us. He's given us everything, all that we need for life and godliness. He has given us everything. He is the bright and morning star. He has come to die for us, to bring us into reconciliation, into relationship with the Father. We can approach him boldly with faith, with confidence. You can approach him. I can not because of what I have to offer, not because of what I bring, but because of who he is and how much he loves us. Isn't that good? And Hebrews is writing, and it's giving this picture, chapters 10, 11, 12, 13, and I almost feel like it's this preparation of he has given us everything that we need. Hebrews 11, we can come boldly in faith, right? Trust him. Hebrews 12, we present our sacrifice, we leave things behind. We all have things that will ensnare us, right? Um, if anybody can identify with Jonas, like, I don't like to study. <clears throat> can we have a moment of confession? Can you raise your hand? You're like, oh, that's me. That's so me. All right. Do we have any um, overachievers in the room? Can you also confess? Yes. I will raise my hand with you. I confess. We overachieve, we overplan, we overstrategize. That's us right there. We can come, no matter what our snare is, no matter what it is that holds us back or where we trip up, we can come before him because he has done everything that we need. Isn't that awesome? And the word that can keep coming to us for you guys was this verse right here, Hebrews 13, 15. Through Jesus, then, let us continually offer up a sacrifice of praise to God. That is the fruit of lips that give thanks to his name. And do not neglect doing good and sharing with such sacrifices God has pleased. Obey your leaders and submit to them, for they keep watch over your souls as those who will give an account. Let them do this with joy, not with grief, 
for this would be unprofitable for you. It's almost like it's one, it's like we read it and it's like, what is he talking about? Those are different things, aren't they? And the author is saying, no, it's all a sacrifice. When I think about worship, I think about praising, I think that we're singing, right? We're praising Jesus. I think about going and doing good. We go and we have things that we're going and giving people and ministering and sharing the word of God Doing good works, as verse 16 says. I think that is acceptable to God. That's service. That's worship. But then he says, obey. That's like, right? We stopped right there. Like, I'm not going past that. What do you mean? That's not praise. (laughs) Psych. (laughs) Continually offering up to God. When you are in your bedroom and wrestling whether to speak evil of someone and the Holy Spirit's there saying, in this too you can praise me. When I bring my heart to him, when I submit, I don't know who this word is for. It might be for several of us. It might be a reminder for all of us. That we can choose to bring our offering. We can have the way of Cain, or we can have the way of Abel. We can be doing outward things and saying, God, I worship you, I worship you, but only God knows what's inside, right? And that was with both of them. They were both going to the altar, going to worship, and bringing a sacrifice, bringing an offering, and it was willing and yet in, in his heart, Cain was saying, no, I don't, I, I don't want to do things the way that you want them. I want to be in control. And Abel was saying, I'm giving all of it. Cain was saying, I'm going to give you a couple fruits and vegetables. Yes, I'm going to worship you. And Abel was saying, this is the whole deal. Obedience is worship. With your parents, maybe it's not your parents, maybe it's your leadership, but this is the word that I feel that God has for somebody. We have a choice if we will obey. Um, I knew that God had called me to missions. I grew up as a missionary's kid in Mexico. And, um, but that was home to me. And I finished Elam, and I was saying, okay, God, where do you want me to go? I'm ready. Let's go to Africa. Let's go here. Let's go there. And God spoke to me very clearly to go back to Mexico and to serve with my parents. And that for me was a, no, Lord, (laughs) not me. Can you go find somebody else? I know they need a youth pastor and a worship leader, but that doesn't help me. I, I didn't study youth ministry. <clears throat> I studied worship. Okay, Lord? So there you go. There you have it. And the Lord spoke to me so clearly. And that meant going back, you know, by that point I had, you know, I was working. I had my own apartment. I was like, go back and live with my parents. Follow their house rules. Not only that, serve alongside them in ministry which that's exciting, you know, submitting to your parents at home and then all the day, 
at work. <laughs> it doesn't get any better than that. Sometimes obedience is just plain work. It's just going up the mountain with the very precious thing that you say, God, this is where my heart lies. And I don't want to get it up. When Abraham went up the mountain with his son, his precious son, it was the promise that God had for him. That's like me holding on to that. God, no, God, you've called me to missions. But not that. I know that place too well. I don't want to go back there. I don't want to go serve my church. I don't, I don't want, to, I want to go somewhere new. You know. And it's going up that mountain in sweat and tears, but sacrifice. When you choose to honor your leaders and obey them, there is a blessing of God in that. And a blessing that none other can bring. When you know the word of God to you, you know what it is that God is calling you to do, and you do it, it brings an amazing blessing. When Abraham went up on that mountain and God said, I, yeah, I tested Abraham, and he said, the angel of the Lord appeared to him, and he said, he, said, he told Abraham, do nothing to him, for now I know that you fear God, since you have not withheld your son, your only son, from me. Abraham called that place, the Lord will provide. We will have revelation. We will get to know God in the place where we surrender. The angel of the Lord began blessing him, and he said, in your seed, all the nations of the earth will be blessed because you have obeyed my voice. Worship is obedience, but it's also a sacrifice. It means dying on the altar. Romans 12, therefore I urge you, brethren, I urge myself and I urge you today. <laughs> by the mercies of God, to present your bodies a living and holy sacrifice, acceptable to God, which is your spiritual service of worship. What? Why does it always have to go together? Why can't we just sing songs? God says, I want your heart. I want your life. My question to you is, what has the Holy Spirit been speaking to you? Is there an area of your life where you say, this area, I have not been doing well. In this thing, God spoke to me. But I've been saying, no, I don't want to give you that precious thing. I want to give you this over here. And I remember when I went back to serve in Mexico, I didn't want to be there. Um, I was uh, 22, I think, at the time. And it ended up being the most powerful time of ministry that I ever experienced. And now it's been, what, 16 years since I left Elam, I think? Has it been that long? Can't be. No. Um, that act of obedience, there were four years that we were there in Mexico, that I was there, single, with no boyfriend. I went and I obeyed, you know what I mean? I just want to say that you don't have to, you can be a woman in ministry without a boyfriend. Is that okay if I say that? Without a husband? Right? Be released. 
When you do that, you have no idea, guys. I went to a really small town where all of the men were shorter than me. You have no idea, okay? It was like, this was quite a commitment. I did not go seeking a guy. I knew that. <laughs> I went because the Lord told me to go. I had no idea I was going to meet the love of my life that we worship together with and have to find the purpose of God together. That was not my objective. My objective was to obey. It was costly. Yet God will bring blessing in your life when you surrender. We're going to go back into a time of worship. And this is a time where we want to invite you to meditate and to think on this. What's your sacrifice? Maybe you already know what your Isaac looks like. Maybe you already know what that lamb looks like. And you are able and you're there. But we all have had moments of being like Cain, right? Or seasons, you know, <clears throat> a couple months a year, whatever. We all have that same temptation that was Cain's. Will you do this? If you do this, you will also be accepted. You will be blessed. The Father's heart is for you. When my kids, they come and they say, you know, I say, can you please go do that thing? I need you to do that chore. Said, yes, mama, I'll go do that. And they go running and then they go the other direction. And then they go find something else to do. Like, you know, and they look so obedient sometimes. But they can be doing some, oh, yes, but I was just going to help you over here. I was going to help with the dishes first. And then I will go take out the dog. No, the dog is going to go pee and poop in the living room. you got to take the dog out now. And we're kind of like that. Like, yes, Lord. But let me go do this thing over here first. <laughs> what is that that the Lord has been saying? Maybe it is, I want you to learn obedience. And I need to point out, obedience, this is very profound. Obedience is obedience. It's not called agreement for a reason. If you agree with what the person is asking you to do, we would call it agreement. Obedience is what you do when you simply have to do what you are asked to do, right? Not because you see it from all the right angles and you agree that that is technologically and theologically the correct perspective that we should be taking and what we should be doing right now, right? Obedience is when my will does not want to surrender to your will. I'm strong. I know what I want. But I choose to surrender. That is sacrifice. And God says, that is praise. That praises me. That lifts me up when you do that. Can you bow your heads with us? Close your eyes. Jesus, we love you. And we are so blessed and so honored that you love us. And that you have done everything that we need. We don't need to prove anything to you. We don't need to earn your love or your favor. But we get to offer sacrifices of praise to you. Because our hope and our trust is in you, the almighty, the powerful one.
that you have called us and that you will work things out for our good. That you are about doing a new work in our lives. That you will receive the glory in the earth. That that is what you are about. And so, Father, we say this morning, we want to offer you the sacrifice of our lives as worship, as praise. And we want to say, God, what do you want? How can we submit to your purposes? We say, Lord, just as Jesus said, Lord, not my will, but yours be done. In a posture of openness, if you want to kneel down we're just going to worship right now if you want to open up a hand to the lord we just say god we love you
Something that I know the Lord is wanting to make clear is that He has good things in store for you. And He wants the best for you. When we see the story with Cain, God takes the time to go to him and say, Hey, just do this one thing and it will go well with you. That thing that you desire, you will get it. But just if you just did this thing. As I mentioned earlier, it, it took me a couple years to get to that point where I will learn my lesson of what worship actually is. And then other doors opened. And this is the one thing that I'm hearing. I know the Lord is speaking to someone. I have this really close friend in Mexico. and He plays amazing bass. One of the best bass players I've known in Mexico and in the States. Just amazing. Christian guy. He wants to serve the Lord. And I had that, those years of learning, okay, the Lord wants me, not just this thing that I want to give, my, my vegetables, right? And after one of those big conferences, I saw him at the end, and he comes in, hey, what did you do to get up there? What did you do to, like, to get invited to play those events? Because I saw you, you were playing here, and you're playing here. What did you do? And it's like, I've been wanting you <laughs> at those events, But the way those events happen is like through pastors who organize, they get together different associations, different pastors, and they ask around to other pastors. Hey, uh, do you have a musician at your church that you would recommend that you will want that could serve this event? And pastors recommend people that they've seen faithful, right? And knowing that, I was excited. It's like, that would be fantastic if I had him in the team. And I was like, what church are you going to? And this became like kind of the norm. Every time I will ask him, what church are you going right now? Because he would say, he will not say, I go to that church. This is my pastor. He will always say, well, right now I'm helping so-and-so pastor. I'm playing and I'm helping, like supporting the work, you know, the Lord. It's like six months later. Hey, so where, where, what church are you going to? Oh, now I'm helping, helping this other pastor, right? All that work. That's, I, I, they have the privilege of having me. I, I, it's like, who is going to bring you up in those conversations? Like, we need people, I, and I need, you have an awesome skill, and I want you. But he will just not submit to any authority. Well, just jumping from church to church. It's like, I, I feel like I want to serve now here. It's like, ah, I don't like it anymore. Let, let's go here. And I feel like the Lord is telling you, you're going to be, like, you want to serve God. You have an awesome heart and you want to serve Him. But the Lord is speaking to you to faithfulness and obedience. And that is worship. That's what right now is the Lord is speaking to us. And it's not because you're going to submit and, and you're going to do what I tell you to do. It's no, because God is saying, I, I, I have the best in my heart for you, for your whole life. Not just for the one thing you're passionate about. I, I have the best intentions for you I want you I want you to serve me just give your all Lord we ask you to that your Holy Spirit will keep speaking to us throughout this week of focusing on worship that we'll surrender our hearts not because we have to and because it's a command 
but because we trust you, Jesus, that we know that by obeying, by submitting our hearts, you open doors. You want it to go well for us in our lives. Thank you, Jesus, for your word. Keep speaking to us this week, Lord.